Welcome to Skull Stories, presented by Cambria, proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. Tonight, we're speaking with former Vikings fullback Femi Ayambadejo. Well, Jay, the Vikings were able to escape from L.A. with a solid win as they defeated the Los Angeles Chargers 27-20 on Sunday. Cousins, rather aggressive. I loved it. You know, going to Jefferson a lot more, seeing the one-on-ones, taking those shots. He's 25-37, 294. Two touchdowns and one fumble, which I'm sure he'd love to have back. Going into that game, facing the 32nd ranked defense against the run, um, I thought Dalvin had a very, very good day. A couple of, you know, he and Madison both had a couple runs that were maybe not huge in the in the box score, uh, but they were pretty amazing. 24 carries, 94 yards, one touchdown. Uh, 118 total. Jefferson, this is what we're talking about. Nine receptions, 143 yards. Let's let's keep that moving, right? Let's keep that going. Um, Adam Thielen, five receptions for 65 yards. Uh, Conklin, every week the guy just gets better and better. Two touchdown receptions, um, three, you know, three total, 11 yards. And he's doing a lot of blocking, too. The box score, yeah, you see the touchdowns. But you're not seeing the dirty work typically unless you're really looking for it. And Conklin's doing everything he's being asked to do, which right. has been great to see this season. And we all have to take a take a step back and think about, you know, 10 weeks ago when you lose Irv Smith Jr., K.J. Osborne steps up, Conklin steps up. I mean, that's, that's the NFL. Um, do we miss Irv Smith Jr.? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. But these guys have done a great job. And defensively, they found a way to get pressure on him by blitzing. And when they did, Herbert really just – just froze. I mean, it was a deer in a headlight, and then the headlights. And I, I have to give a lot of credit to the to the, to the whole entire team on this, but it's a copycat league for yeah, sure. We, I think we uncovered something that he needs to address and figure out, and and he's going to see a lot of pressure over the next few weeks. So with the win, we've come out of the third leg of our difficult stretch, one and two. Uh, on deck is the game most everyone has circled on their calendar, as we both just you know that, that Green Bay game. But uh, we'll get more into that a little bit later. First. One of my favorite guys, a former fullback, career and journey in the NFL was, was actually very impressive. He's a guy that that, that earned his way from the bottom. Um, but what he's done off the field has been truly incredible from NFL walk-on to Super Bowl champion. How about that? You know, you walk on, you end up with a Super Bowl ring. That's To me, that's, that's amazing. So from doing that to building his own business as a successful entrepreneur, please welcome my former teammate, Femi Ayamadejo. It is my absolute pleasure to bring in former teammate Femi Ayambadejo to the conversation. Femi, it was great to see you uh, in Baltimore. Uh, just give us a give us a little rundown of how you're doing and what are you up to. And your story is pretty amazing. So I just want to turn you loose to go. Let's go. You know, obviously, I started in Minnesota with you and, and a number of other guys that are doing amazing things. Was um, obviously in Minnesota, ninety seven, ninety eight, part of the ninety nine season. And then ended up with the Ravens, basically, you know, three quarters of the 99, 2000, 2001 season was a Super Bowl champion with the, with the 2000 team. And then went to the Dolphins for two years, then played in Arizona for four, and then ended up in Chicago. And, you know, as an undrafted free agent, you know, we're lucky to play one game, let alone play 11 years. So yeah. extremely blessed. When I retired, my, my passion was always human performance. So I jumped right into the human uh, performance space by building a facility in La Jolla, California. Uh, with a couple partners. Um, I'm a certified nutritionist by trade. I was a former personal trainer by trade, but um, as time went on, I wanted to pivot out of the brick and mortar space and into the digital space. Got a 
a bit of the bug for AI and machine learning and could really see how that would personalize long-term health outcomes and long-term health analyses by really putting the power of health information into the consumer's hands. And so I did something that a lot of us tend to do when we retire. I, I just really kind of said, hey, what do I want to be and who do I want to be going forward? And I really thought about going back to school. Um, my dad, my stepdad has a PhD from UC Santa Cruz. I actually grew up in Santa Cruz. My mom was a teacher, has a master's degree. So school has always been huge in my house. And I thought there's no better way to honor my childhood, my family, my, my, my parents than by going back to school and kind of once again, really fully committing to reinventing myself. So I ended up moving back to Baltimore. My kids were born and raised here. I met their mother when I was playing for the Ravens. And I picked a school that would allow me to really have a footprint that people would say, this guy's taking his education serious. So I got into Johns Hopkins University um, and pursued and, and completed an, an MBA program there with an emphasis in digital health. And simultaneously, I also was looking at some of the other organizations and respected institutions in the Maryland, D.C. area like NASA and Applied Physics Lab. And actually, I'm a, a NASA technology transfer partner, first athlete to ever do it. So what I've done is I've collaborated with Johns Hopkins and NASA by acquiring some software from NASA that I've embedded into this digital health platform that I've been building for the last basically five years. I started the concept at Hopkins. I've continued to build on it and work on it. And um, so, you know, my goal is to create a holistic digital self-health platform. I know that you and Robert Smith have talked a little bit about what I've done. I think it's super wonky real fast. <laughs> well, I, wanna, I don't want to bore everybody by getting into all the details of what this does. But basically, it looks at people holistically from a mental, emotional, and physical health standpoint and gives them guidance. We're still building that. We're fundraising on it. We have a couple of patents. You know, NASA's still on board. I have some contracts with Fitbit right now, looking to solidify a contract with Apple. We've done some amazing things. But... Through this process, we've all been hit by COVID, right? And you know personally, and I know yeah. personally, what that's done to people. And the Ravens, who I have an amazing relationship with, from Dick Cass, the team president, to Eric, uh, uh, Steve Bashotti, the owner, I got to intern under Coach Harbaugh. Once again, just like Minnesota, there's so many people in that front office and on that staff that have been there for 20-plus years, same with the Ravens. They've been around forever. I got to intern under Coach Harbaugh. That's my relationship with him. My younger brother, Brendan, who also played a decade in the league, went to UCLA with a linebacker, also had the Super Bowl ring at the Ravens, but the 2012 team. So through him and through Coach Harbaugh and all these relationships, I did do some media work in the past with CBS Radio. When the pandemic hit, they needed somebody local to, to broadcast these games. And I, I, I BS you not here when I say this. They literally said, we're doing these games from the stadium. You're not going to travel. Every game will be done from here. You'll have a, you know, an all 22 view, which basically allows you to see everything, all 22 players yep. on the field, and you'll have a live, a live feed, right? And is that going to be a problem? I said, I've never had anything. <laughs> I'm used to being on my house with a drink in my hand. Like, you don't know any better, this is, this is right? Great. Yeah, I don't know any better. Yeah. yeah. You give me a producer too and a spotter? Yeah. Hey, no problem. Let's go do it. So I jumped in head first. Dennis Pitta and I split the first season. And then this year, um, you know, COVID was, was rough on, on travel and things, and they basically gave me the whole season. I've been able to travel, go to Detroit, go to Vegas, go to Denver, got to see you. Um, I played with Kurt Warner in Arizona. Got to see you. You were in Arizona, too. Got to play with Kurt. You know, you yep. see Kurt. Got to see Kurt a couple times now. It's amazing how many guys that I've played with and have seen along the way. And this is like my, this is like my side hustle. So I don't yeah. take it too seriously. <laughs> and guess what? As you and I noted, right? As you and I noted, I'm getting paid to talk about exactly. You're going to yeah. do that sitting at home watching it on TV anyway. So, you know, might as well just exactly. throw, put a microphone down in front exactly. of you and right. Let you, let you yeah. go. 
I love the story because I think remembering you and how you came in and how you had to bite, scratch, and claw just to, to get a foot in the door, you were rewarded for that. Meaning that your attitude and how you went about doing your job in football, transitioned that into life, it's no surprise that they asked you to do it. Like opportunities, how do I get them? Uh, you know, you're lucky. It's like not luck is being in the right place at the right time, but you have to know and accept the fact that it's because of who you are, right? Because of who you are, yeah, the think, Ravens asked you to do this. I think I believe in relationships, Pete. I don't believe in transactional stuff. Everything I do is based on being transparent to a fault, being honest to a fault. And uh, it's paid dividends. It's bit me on the butt a couple of times because sometimes it's like, hey. Maybe in the short term, maybe, that, right? That open. Yeah, exa- exactly. In the short term. But in the long term, I think who I am is it's truthful. You know, it's authentic. It's, it, this is like when you hear me talking, this is how I sound on the radio. This is how I, I talk when I'm, I'm speaking to executives from, you know, the, the companies that I mentioned, NASA, Apple, Fitbit. It doesn't matter. And I think they like that about me. And I, and I do my research, right? I'm, I'm very data-driven. Um, I love to read. I love to consume information. And I'm not locked in on any one thing. I'm able to change my mind when it calls for it. You know what I mean? I think people, people appreciate that. And one of the things that is really cool about growing up a Viking and, and, and starting in that kind of what I call that cauldron, that heat cauldron that we came in, up in under Denny Green is that expectations were high. And if you didn't meet them, you know, as Carl Hargrave, former running back coach, he'd say, we got a bus pass for you. Hey, we can get you, we can get you a bus pass anytime. <laughs> you can hop on that bus and we'll find somebody else. That's not a problem. You right. let us know when it's too much for you. You know what I mean? So we were, we were playing at a time. And I know that you're a few years older than I am, but the time period that you were kind of in the thick of it in at the time I was coming into, there was a lot of guys that were 29 and 30 in the NFL at that right. time. You know, that, that business model doesn't work anymore. You have your high price guys. you got a bunch of young guys. And some of these young guys, dude, they come out of high school and college like prepared. The coaching at the lower levels is so improved. And these kids, what they're able to do with the football and their size and their speed and their nutrition and their planning, they're so focused. They come out so good and so prepared. Young kids are producing off the bat. Like a Lamar Jackson is coming in. Joe Flacco gets hurt, you know, what is it, week eight or week nine of last year, comes in, and you see what he's done to the league. Yeah. And there's all kinds of stories like Lamar. Not, they've, got, they've got a bunch of Lamars out there, but there's a bunch of kids that have come into the NFL, you throw them into the fire, and they produce. And so I think that it's just really interesting to watch the evolution of the NFL, but those, those character traits, those things that were demanded of me as a 21 and 22 year old in 1997 and 1998 on the practice squad, getting cut and getting caught back. Those life lessons I never forgot. Those communication skills I never forgot. Those things that allowed me to excel in the NFL locker room have definitely allowed me to excel um, at the graduate level in business school and then at the executive level as an entrepreneur. And I always tell people that the best thing you can do in relationship building is be on time, be honest, communicate honestly and effectively and really build relationships with people. Don't look at things transactional. And I think that started in, the, in, a, in, a, in an NFL locker room for me and even probably earlier in a college locker room. And all those things are, are relatable and transferable. Skull Stories is presented all season long by Cambria, proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll be back with more Skull Stories right after this. It's football season at Mystic Lake with Vikings drawings. Enter casino and digital drawings for prizes like season tickets, away game trips, and an ice castle fish house. Get details and enter now at mysticlake.com slash Vikings. Now let's get back into our conversation with Femi Amadeji. You had mentioned to me when we got together in Baltimore how uh, Denny Green 
has you know not only left his mark on all of us and I think on the organization here, but there's also a lot of uh, Denny Green influence in Baltimore. Can you tell us that story again? Coach Zahner, who was our special teams coach, and Denny Green were the only two coaches that really believed in me coming out of San Diego State. You know, I was I was out there playing baseball for the Aztecs, and you know, my head coach was like, "Hey, there's some NFL teams that are really interested in you. Come do this pro day, see what happens." I had a heck of a pro day, but at the end, only one team offered me uh, a free agent. A contract and it was the Vikings and a lot of it was because you know coach Green is familiar with Santa Cruz California yeah you know well, when he coached at Stanford he lived in Santa Cruz coach Zahner is a master at finding diamonds in the rough how many guys <laughs> he pulled out of San Diego State? you so many, Heath right? Farwells I mean the, yeah. the list goes on exactly the list Robert goes on. Griffith yeah there's a ton of us right yeah so Danny was always honest with us as as players he always you know his comments about nothing good ever happens past midnight you know you got to carry your own water <laughs> When Brian came to Baltimore and instilled his strategy and his culture, dude, 90% of it was Denny Green. I mean, he was saying the same thing as Denny said. He was preaching the same thing as Denny did. Of course, you know, Brian's a smart guy. Brian being, you know, and Brian's an offensive guy. too, similar to how Denny kind of came up. But Brian put his own spin on the Dennyisms. And I don't think what people realize is that Art Modell was able to hear the, 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 the Brian Billick-isms that were actually Denny Green-isms. You know what I mean? And then as Steve Bashotti came in, those things that uh, Coach Billick instilled as a culture, um, he, uh, he wanted to – Steve Bashotti wanted to maintain those things because we won a Super Bowl doing it. It worked, right? right? So as – and if you think about it, it was Ted Marchabrota, it was Brian Billick, and it is basically John Harbaugh. That's the three head coaches in Baltimore history. That's and two crazy. Of those three, you know, two of those three are tied to Steve Bashotti who are both tied to Brian Billick, right? And Denny Green now. To, you know, I know it's not direct, but without a doubt to me that when you, when you listen to Ozzy talk and when you listen to Eric DaCosta talk and you listen to, you know, the guys in the front office and some of these scouts that have been around for a long time, some of those things that Ozzy pulled, I'm sure Ozzy taught Brian as much as Brian taught Ozzy in, in regard to certain things. But I still believe that in some way, it's not something that gets talked about enough, but me being part of the Ravens, Basically, since 1999, when I got here, over two decades, I see it, I sense it, I feel it. And I think that's why, one, Minnesota is the fifth winningest organization in NFL history, if I'm not mistaken. The Ravens, as, a, as an organization, historically, are one of the best in winning, too. And there's that thread that goes back to Denny, and I know that Minnesota had great history way before Denny got there. I totally understand that. But my point, ultimately, is, is that Denny maintained a culture in Minnesota. Brian took that culture you know, put his spin on it and brought it to Baltimore. And Danny Green lives here in Baltimore in some way that only a former Raven and Viking would know. And I know that I've been able to see it. Well, and, and it's amazing how many of uh, of us, all of us coaches, players, and that had, that had been through Denny Green. I mean, you look at, you know, Jack Del Rio's of the world and, and, and so many others that uh, Mike Tice, I mean, that made the transition from, playing into coaching and, and, and carrying on Denny's legacy. It, it, it truly is everywhere. Can I say one more thing to you? No, absolutely. It was such a pleasure to see you because you don't know the influence that you had on me as a player. Those days at practice on special teams or the days, remember, remember my nickname? Um, it, and these guys don't know this. You know it though, but yeah. uh, the Vikings running back room, Leroy Horde, Chuck Evans, Robert Smith, David Palmer, Mo Williams. I was the youngest <laughs> in the group and they used to call me, I got all the reps today, yo, kind of like a play on my last name because every Friday those guys would let me get all the reps and they would rest and they would be prepared to go out there and play. 
and I got to learn to get to go against the ones and the twos and really like go hard and play hard. And a lot of times you guys would be like, Hey dude, you're the only one who's fresh out here. You haven't done anything. <laughs> you're, you're chilling. You need to slow your, you need to slow your butt down. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you got to give us a look, but be smart, man. And I remember you pulling me aside and other guys pulling me aside. And I learned that we're a team and it doesn't help the team. If I'm out there going a hundred and you guys are trying to get a look and learn and just be prepared to play on Sunday. And you taught me what it means to be a good teammate. You personally scolded me and gave me what I needed to hear. And I never forgot it. And I did what a big brother does for the next little brother. And there I you told, go. Taught them how to practice. And I told them what it's, what, what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to go hard and not go hard. And you were one of the first people on a football field that did that for me. So, well, and it's awesome to hear. And I'm, and you did exactly what, and then trust me, I got, I caught it too. I mean, I was a, you know, seventh round pick in 94 practice squad guy. I know exactly what, what you're talking about when Friday is game day. I don't know how many times Randall McDaniel, you know, told me to, to, to slow down. And I mean, it was, it, it was uh, Jeff Christie and, and the rest of those guys just getting all over me for, for running around. And I'm like, listen, dude, I'm, I'm trying to just keep a locker. <laughs> I'm doing what I got to do. So, well, thanks Femi. I, we really appreciate it. And uh, certain people you meet, you walk away drained. And then certain people you meet and talk to, you walk away invigorated, fired up, and you are absolutely one of those people, Femi. So you're exactly who you were in 1997 when we first, you know, when we first got you here, and uh, wow, just awesome. So make sure you Thanks, find man. your I really way. Appreciate that, brother. You got to get yourself back up here and see the new facility. Uh, Twin City uh, yeah. Orthopedics is ridiculous. They've got this beautiful hotel right next door. But uh, when you get your when you get a chance, you got to come up and see what the Will family has done to this organization because it's it's unbelievable. It's so first class and it's a little bit different than uh, Winter Park. Let me tell you that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd love that. And, I, and you'll be the first person I reach out to. We'll grab a beer. We'll talk and we'll, we'll tell our old war stories. Sounds good. <laughs> That's what we do, man. That's <laughs> it all we got we left. <laughs> all right, yeah. Femi, you take care. All right. All right. Thanks again to Femi for joining us tonight. He truly is a, he's a great story, and I look forward to seeing what he's going to continue to do with his future. Uh, it's definitely bright. I can't wait to I can't wait to see Femi in 20 years. So, um, but let's take a look at our Northern Tool and Equipment keys to success. Northern Tool and Equipment brings the power with top brands like Milwaukee Steel, Lincoln Electric, Honda, and more. Northern Tool and Equipment quality tools for serious work. All right, here we go. Border battle. It's Packer Week, right? Need I say more? This is a uh, a very talented cast of characters that come into town, and and it all starts and ends obviously with Aaron Rodgers. But it's always an amazing game. Now the Packers, now as we know, are eight and two, the number one seed uh, in the NFC. Um, Rodgers is back. You watch that game and you think, out Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson. This is going to be some quarterbacking, and it really wasn't. Are the Packers going to play better this week coming up? I think so. I think you're going to get a lot more out of Rodgers. You're going to get a lot more out of uh, Devontae Adams. So when you watch that film, I think it's a bit unique, and this is going to be this is going to be a great game. I, I circle it, star it, whatever you <laughs> want to say, a giant spotlight on it. And this is this is the game, especially the one at home, is always so much fun on our end. Just the fans of the area on both sides packing the stadium, and it, it's something for me that this is always the game of the year. And I think you know the cliche that's always out there is. You could go two and fifteen for your record, and it's a successful season as oh, long as those two are against Green Bay. Hundred percent, and it was it broke my heart last year to to have this team winning Green Bay and then not not, not to here. not to be part of that and to hear the the the, the hush of the fee, the whole thing. I mean, 
I was talking to Robert Smith last night, and and we we both still remember that '98 game in Green Bay when they had a 20-some game home winning streak and um, going up there and just and just rolling on them. And 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 those are the games. It's 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 where it's how memories are made, man. This is this is huge. Now the Packers. A lot of questions. It's going to be coming down to injuries. Aaron Jones, um, their running back, he's banged up. Um, be interesting to see what happens with Rashawn Gary and Whitney Merciless. They've kind of reinvented the their defensive end positions. They lost to Darius Smith earlier this year. So uh, how that's going to look, you know, we'll we'll see as the week draws or the weekend draws near. But if you can't get yourself ready for this game, if you cannot be fired up, if you if this if this is not your uh, playoff type atmosphere. Uh, there's something wrong with you. So I expect the absolute best effort of both teams. Um, guys are hurt. I understand that. That's this time of year. But oh my goodness, this is going to be fun. I think defensively for us, it's about stopping AJ Dillon. Um, I mean, and by stopping him, I mean, and, he, and he's had a couple good runs. He's explosive. He can get to the second level. Don't let him get four or five yards of carry. You, you just can't. And you're going to have to keep two safeties deep because you're playing Aaron Rodgers. So how you go about doing that and whether or not you can do that, it puts a lot of strain on our guys up front. Defensively, that's always been the key. Offensively, we can get some big plays. The, you know, the Dalvin Cook angle, he's he's going to be huge. He's going to be big. And uh, we, if we run the ball and do it well, then it opens up so much of our passing game. And, I mean, it's kind of rinse and repeat offensively, I'll tell you that. I think it's going to be kind of a similar situation as to what we just faced in, in L.A. with the Chargers trying to stretch the field as much as you can to try to get Delvin some more you know, relief from just loading up the box and, and trying to keep him in check. So yeah. as long as we can potentially get aggressive again this upcoming week, hopefully it's going to free up the run game. Right, and we saw this earlier um, you know, with the Rams-Niners. That game did not go how anybody thought it was going to go, and, and that's what happens in, in, in these divisional games. You know, We know them. They know us. I do know this. If we don't fix some of these, you know, some of the mistakes, like the penalties, things that are easily preventable, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a long day. But if they can get all that figured out and play with a clean sheet, it's going to be one heck of a game. So if you aren't one of the lucky ones down at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday for the noon kickoff, be sure to join Paul Allen, Ben Lieber, Mike Musman, Greg Coleman, and myself on the KFAN pregame show and broadcast all across the Vikings radio network. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of Skull Stories presented by Cambria, proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see you all again next week.